Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello and welcome to a Friday, July 22nd edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com. Before that, I was the Blazers beat writer for the last three years for the Vancouver Columbian. And we did not have a podcast yesterday because I was moving. As you all know, moving is the worst, and it's all-consuming, and it it it's it, it is the worst. I, I I don't know what else to say. It, but anybody who's moved knows it sucks. And I didn't have time to podcast. By the time I was done moving stuff, there was I was just it, it was not podcast time. And 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 thankfully there are more days in the week. And we will still have another episode tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. And it was a good thing that I moved yesterday because the Blazers reintroduced a couple of their players today to the media to talk about the new contracts that they signed. And that would be Alan Crabb and Myers Leonard, two restricted free agents who both got paid this summer. And after the signings became official, and they the Blazers got back from Vegas. Their summer league ended about a week ago. Uh, Alan Crabb was actually in Vegas to uh, celebrate with, with with his with his buddies down there and, and fellow teammates watching the Blazers play a little summer league. Because what is there to do in July if you're an NBA player but go hang out in Vegas for a few days uh, and hang out with all your summer league friends? Because it is a, it is just one big gathering. And they held a press conference today. They held two actually. One for Myers Leonard and one for Alan Crabb, both joined by President of Basketball Operations Neil Olshay. And it was an interesting day that covered more than a few topics, not just the contracts and, and what the the two players bring to the table for the Blazers uh, as these things go. It, it, it had some interesting parts, obviously, it's uh, kind of a celebratory setting, but we did learn a little bit. And uh, Neil O'Shea uh, once again reaffirmed the narrative of players that want to be in Portland. And I think that was the that for me has been the most interesting takeaway of the summer. And O'Shea has been consistent with it. It's uh, about as consistent as Bernie Sanders mentioning economics in a political speech is Olshay mentioning the narrative of players that want to be here. And the throughout the offseason, he's been very vocal about this. He even mentioned it during an NBA TV interview. And the obvious subtext of it is something that he's even been more vocal about. And that subtext is one that if you have been following the Blazers, you are aware of that Portland is not necessarily a sexy market for NBA players who are free agents. It's it's just not, it doesn't happen very often that free agents that have the choice to live pretty much in any big city that they want to live in to choose Portland. And in the past, it seems like 
the the notion that you know culture is a is is a big thing and that you know just winning will attract really talented players and i think more so than any summer in the past is has that Olshay has stressed the notion that about guys that want to be here and also the notion that Portland may not be a super sexy market and just being more upfront with that subtext of the narrative of players that want to be here. And Olshay addressed that during both pressers. And here's a little sound from him earlier on Friday morning. Um, I think staying together, you know, growing, having it be sustainable, um, having guys that I, I can't keep saying stuff that want to be here, that want to be in Portland. Myers wanted to be here. AC is thrilled to be back. We'll talk about that next. You know, guys that have chosen to live in Portland, believe in what we're doing as a basketball organization, believe in the city and how the city embraces this team, is what we want, and we feel like intrinsically that allows them to compete at a higher level. So there you heard again the the narrative about players that want to be here. And he said that so many times this summer, and he's been even more vocal about the notion that the the Blazers can't necessarily buy their way out of these situations. And we'll get to some sound in a little bit that he mentioned today. Again, the, the, the limitations that they have because of the limitations of Portland as an NBA destination. And there are plenty of guys that you have to read into this that don't want to be here. And obviously Olshay is a very smart guy and he definitely does his homework. And you have to imagine that these guys that are on wish lists that fans often want are guys that they've done their homework on. The teams devote so much time to this stuff, to understanding who these guys are, what they want. And a lot of times it comes down to, personal things it's things that aren't basketball factors and although they've preached sustainability and growth of the core as a major tenet of their strategy the notion that it's players who want to be here is also kind of a small acknowledgement and a sign to fans from Olshay like hey you know get off my back about trying to get this guy or that guy because it's not up to me I mean that that's what it re that's what it sounds like when he consistently mentions that and I think that that is part of it that can't be ignored and maybe there's the rare player like a like a Brian Grant back in the 90s who signs and chooses to come to a market like Portland but those guys aren't are are, are very rare and Olshay is playing with the cards that he's been dealt and what he's found himself in this situation in being dealt a destination that's hard to attract 20 something NBA free agents is a model of sustainability, getting guys on value contracts, rookie contracts, building up their value and then also holding their rights so that if they go, if their, if their value is higher in the marketplace than it is within the Blazers organization that they have the ability to retain them. And during Crab's press conference, Olshay talked about the financial implications of matching and having the rights to match. And again, reinforced the idea that Portland isn't necessarily a place where you can just buy your way into a good team. 
at least not anymore. So it was never a question. It was basically more adhering to the rules of the NBA and the collective bargaining agreement, which is we can't have deals with our own players and then also use the capital. We just can't do that. So what we had to do is let them go through their process knowing we had a buffer, right? The moratorium ended on the 7th. We had until the 9th if they got offer sheets to use our cap room before it went away permanently. And we did that. And we were able to kind of squeeze everybody in. You know, we did Evan, you know, day one. You know, Festus later in the process. The Napier trade a little bit later. And then, like I said, took advantage of the fact that the rules were such that we're able to address our guys after the fact while we still had the flexibility to, to match it without having to be in a situation where it was an either-or. It was always it was always both. And like I said, we don't draft guys here to let them walk away or we don't take it for granted. I mean, I think you've seen the commitment that we've made to the guys we've drafted. We've probably given a longer leash to guys we've drafted than other places because, look, we've got to capitalize on trades, draft, and player development. Okay, we can't, we can't buy our way out of trouble the way that some more higher-profile destination markets can at times. You know, you see AC, like nobody was more proud that a guy we moved two, sec- two late seconds to move up to go get at 31 is a $75 million player in this league by a very good organization in Brooklyn that identified his talent. So, look, it, it's a good day for us as well, right? Because this is a guy that came in, was in a log jam positionally behind multiple wings and worked his way all the way through that to, to be the player he is today and is still only 23 years old. So, you know, this isn't the end of the road. I mean, this is just another step for AC, which is what he's talking about. And, you know, I think with both these guys, with AC and Myers, there are two kind of players in the league when they get the payday that you know, Dwight's talking about. There are the guys that exhale and feel like I can now relax because I've gotten this and I've worked my life for this and I can become more complacent. And there are other guys that have the character and the discipline and the drive to want to validate the contract and work even harder, and that's why we match, because we believe that both Myers and AC are guys that are going to be even more diligent in their approach to the game because they, are, they do feel responsible for living up to the terms of the contract. So there again, you have the reaffirmation of of the narrative about Portland, about it being not the sexiest free agent destination, not a place where they can buy their way out. I, the the any more part that I mentioned before that sound is kind of a reference to the fact that the Blazers often used to not even worry about paying the luxury tax, pay exorbitant salaries to get guys to Portland that may not have been, uh, you know, that may not have gotten that money elsewhere, but Portland was willing to pay for that, you know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, obviously it ended up backfiring a lot with the, uh, the jailblazers teams and players that maybe dis, you know, may have fizzled out with the Blazers or guys that they overpaid that were way past their prime, like Sean Kemp or something like that. But this isn't like that. Obviously, they're they're willing to pay. They're not spending their money on guys like that. But it is something that the Blazers are basically saying, and Olshea is leading the charge in this, that it, it, whatever the Bla- whoever the Blazers aren't bringing in isn't through a lack of effort. stressing that people want to be in Portland is an important part to their strategy. Of course, this was also about bringing back two key players who were major contributors last year who will undoubtedly have major roles with the Blazers next year. And I guess the question is about both Alan Crabb and Myers Leonard is how big will those roles be? And one of the big questions 
heading into training camp, which is about two months away now, is it remains to be seen who will start at small forward. The other question, I suppose, is how much does that matter? Because as we've seen, not just with the Blazers last year, but with other teams across the history of the NBA, that it doesn't really always matter who starts. It does matter who finishes the games because those are the players that you're relying on in crunch time, especially in the regular season, because yeah, the first quarter matters. And I think it is, it's very important and it's probably even more important to players themselves, but the fourth quarter is where the bread is buttered, so to speak. And it was something that reportedly crab had wanted starting was that crab reportedly had wanted in searching for a destination this summer and it was something that the Blazers had also reportedly offered to Evan Turner according to some Boston media reports immediately after the Turner signing that they had also you know offered him the opportunity to start although you know that that's been walked back a little bit and players generally want to start as I said and when I was at the press conference today I tried to bait Crab into you know, saying that he wanted to start. I asked him about what he wanted from it, what he wanted as his role, if he had any goals in regards to the role that he wants on this team with so many guys that all play those wing positions that he filled last year. And he avoided, you know, indulging that question, at least today on, on a day where he was celebrating the new signing of his contract again, more than two months from the start of training camp. But here's what he had to say. Just come in and do what I've been doing, man. Ever since I've gotten here, you know, I've done everything that the organization has asked me to do. Um, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Um, any way I can help, you know, contribute to this team being successful, that's, that's going to be my role. And, you know, just continue to develop as a basketball player. Those are the biggest things for me. The other big question as far as the Blazers are concerned, uh, at least the Blazers who were introduced on Friday, is the, the question of Myers Leonard's shoulder and the health of that shoulder. Leonard tore his labrum and did some other damage in the shoulder, and he, he's already, you know, he's messed it up a few times, so this wasn't the first time that he had had a shoulder injury. This is just the first time he's gotten surgery for it. And that happened just a couple of weeks before the end of the regular season. And the recovery for a shoulder injury can be pretty arduous. It can take a long time. I mean, you saw that last, a couple of years ago that Kevin Love was back for the start of the season after tearing his labrum and injuring his shoulder in the playoffs. But the vision, which, you know, Olshea kind of outlined today during the press conference is that he wants Leonard to be a, a more physical player. And he, throughout the press conference, he mentioned that the Blazers kind of missed having a guy who's kind of a physical specimen in at the center position, a guy that can really bang with guys down low. He talked about how they kind of missed it against DeAndre Jordan, missed it against Bogut, guys who were really physical. And uh, Olshay also mentioned that Leonard is probably their most gifted post defender physically because of his size and his just natural ability to defend the post, which he's really grown into over the course of his career. He wasn't a very good post defender. He wasn't a good defender at all, but he wasn't a good defender in the post when he was a rookie or even his second year and really developed into that uh, a little bit in the playoffs uh, against uh, Marcus soul. And then again, this year he really evolved into their best post defender and Olshay mentioned playing against DeMarcus Cousins and Steven Adams. And 
he and Leonard was asked about his recovery and when he might be able to come back. And I think with the fact that the Blazers really don't have a guy that can be th- that great physically on the block against some of the better scorers in the league, I think Azili brings rim protection. I think Davis brings offensive rebounding and an ability to finish. And Plumlee brings that playmaking and you know the ability to kind of just be athletic and Kevin Pelton and I talked about that on the last podcast, which went up on Wednesday. But Leonard has the ability to defend the post, and now that Olshay is also challenging him to play a little bit more physical, that might delay the return a little bit, in addition to the fact that this isn't his first shoulder injury. And he uh, addressed when he might be able to come back and play full contact five on five, which he hopes will be at the start of the season. But of course, there's, there's no guarantees. Uh, my hope is to be ready right around the start of the regular season, uh, which is obviously, uh, I believe, November 1st or whenever the first game might be. Um, you know, again, it's a progression. First introducing, uh, you know, rebounding and grabbing step overhead to one-on-one, three-on-three, extending the full court. And, uh, you know, we'll see. You, you just never know. You know, once you get the full range of motion back, which I'm getting close, and you, again, you start to introduce more in the weight room. You progress with more weights, more force. And, uh, you know, you do what you can to continue to improve the shoulder and improve the body and get all your, you know, functional movement back. And so we'll see. But I'm, I'm very excited about uh, this coming year. Just have to get healthy, fully healthy. And that's going to be a wrap for the Friday edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, and it was a big week on the podcast, I would say. We had Dane Carbaugh from The Rewind and Blazer's Edge on on Tuesday. We had ESPN insider Kevin Pelton come on the podcast on Wednesday. We had some coverage from the Blazer's press conference today at the practice facility in Tualatin of Myers Leonard and Alan Crabb talking about their new contracts with the Blazers. So it it was a big week, and we still have some things to get to. Obviously, the the Blazers still are not done building the roster, and that basically means they haven't signed Maurice Harkless yet, and they also still have the question of whether they will either keep Luis Montero or bring in another player to fill that 15th roster spot. But that, that second question probably won't be answered until training camp I've been told that Montero is probably going to get a chance to make the roster, but obviously being a minimum guy, being a guy with a non-guaranteed contract, he's the most vulnerable to go. He's also still really raw at his age, and you know the Blazers just may not be able to wait on him to turn into a, a contributing NBA player. And so uh, that's going to be answered later on in the fall, but the the Harkless question is still one that we haven't answered yet. I think it's one that we'll address tomorrow on the podcast in, in a little bit more detail. The also definitely send your Twitter questions. Uh, love those and listen to the the other podcasts on the network. We got so many great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Bulls, Locked On Jazz, hosted by David Locke, obviously the 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 podfather of this great network and Locked On Heat, Locked On Warriors is on the way. Locked On Bucks, Locked On Celtics, Locked On Clippers. I mean, we got so many great podcasts 
podcasts about every NBA team in this network, and you should definitely give those a listen. But you should definitely always listen to Locked On Blazers right here with me, Eric Garcia Gunderson, on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're on Audio Boom. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five star review because that's always great. And tell your friends and sponsors, possibly you. Yes, that's 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 what we want. That's what we're aiming for with this podcast. We're hoping to make this a big thing, a regular stop for Blazers fans. So thanks for joining me. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Blazers. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson. Follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. Tweet at us at Locked On Blazers. Send us an email at LockedOnBlazers, one word, at gmail.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Catch you later. Ace's Place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.